The following was recorded at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Marco Werman. This is the world. Numbers can be deceptive, and the number of 93,000 dead in Syria doesn't help really to make sense of the suffering there. But one stat today caught our eye: during the bloodiest month of the war in Iraq, July 2006, 3,500 people were killed. The death toll during a typical month in Syria's civil war surpasses 5,000, and there seems to be no end in sight. If anything, the Assad regime appears to have been given a new lease on life. Following the intervention of the powerful Lebanese Shiite militia Hezbollah, Borzu Daragahi covers the Middle East for the Financial Times. So the UN today reported a toll of 93,000 deaths since the war began in Syria. Borzu, that's just the cases they've fully documented. The true toll could be three times as many. Where's this war going? You know, it's really hard to say at this point. There's a few、uh, things that we can establish. One is, as as you pointed out,、uh, thanks to the intervention of、uh, of Russia,、uh, Iran, and its ally Hezbollah,、uh, Bashar al-Assad's regime seems to have a a new lease on life.、Uh, it seems to have uh, uh, gained some uh, tactical wins, uh, including uh, taking over the the city of Qusair, which was a key transit point.、Uh, but also,、um, from what I've been hearing, the the intervention of Hezbollah. Into this conflict injects a, a kind of tone of, of professionalism in the Syrian armed forces that wasn't there before. Let me give you an example. I, I, I was in Lebanon just recently during the, the, the time when there was this fighting going on、uh, along the border, and the Hezbollah guys were actually taking the injured people from the other side to hospitals in Lebanon.、Uh, that doesn't make them humanitarians; it just makes them professionals in the art of war. They didn't、uh, kill off these prisoners.、It's、something that we haven't seen at all. Before, when it comes to the Syrian regime, and this could、uh, be a game changer because、uh, Hezbollah actually knows how to fight and win wars. And I mean, as far as Hezbollah's reputation from the Syrian rebels' point of view, if you even see Hezbollah coming, do you kind of back away? I mean, it depends on how good of a fighter you are and how、uh, tightly organized your unit is. But you know that is a possibility that the rebels, after this、uh, particular lesson,、uh, they will in the future、uh, back off from any confrontation、uh, with Hezbollah. Although I would say that the level of fighting is so fierce. And the determination of the rebels, at least some of the groups, is so strong that you know we didn't see any evidence of them backing off in this in this particular fight. However,、uh, there was something that that sort of showed the fragmentation and the disadvantages of the rebels. There were reports、uh, in the battle for Qusair that units from other parts of the country were coming to Qusair to help the rebels fight against this Hezbollah-backed、uh, onslaught. And、uh, in the end, they didn't show up. Like the fighters from Aleppo, who are、uh, very robust,、uh, very strong, very well equipped, relatively,、uh, they ended up not wanting to risk giving up their territory in Aleppo to come and help these guys down in Qusair. And that's a, a really bad sign、uh, for the rebels. Not to mention,、uh, their public image is kind of taking a beating right now.、Uh, reports of atrocities seem to be increasing, including. The well-documented killing of a 14-year-old boy in the streets、uh, this week. Tell us about that. Oh, this was a, a, a terrible incident.、Uh, apparently, and this is pretty well documented.、Um, apparently, a 14-year-old boy was selling coffee on the streets of Aleppo to、uh, make a buck or two, 
And someone asked him for a free cup of coffee, and he replied with something like, even if the Prophet Muhammad himself came and asked for a cup of coffee, I couldn't afford to give it to him because I have to make a living. And uh, someone overheard this comment, some uh, very hardcore Islamist rebels. They went and they, uh, they kidnapped him, roughed him up a bit, and then they took him to the, the center of the square where his relatives were looking on, uh, and they shot him dead uh, for taking the Prophet's name in vain uh, as, a, as some sort of uh, religious retribution. And, and this, was, uh, this just really shocked people. You know, I've been talking to some Syrian opposition folks in, the, in recent days and weeks and even people who are very supportive of the uh, Syrian rebels, they seem to have run out of excuses to justify some of the excesses of some of the rebel groups. Meanwhile, Borzu, there's been more talk of, of regional escalation. Uh, you're in Cairo right now. How worried are your friends back in Lebanon? No, I, I think just all throughout the region, this whole conflict has exacerbated sectarian tensions between the, the Sunni and the Shia. Uh, this is uh, emerging in Iraq. This is coming out in Lebanon. It's becoming an issue in the Gulf. There's a lot of anger on the part of, especially of Sunnis. Uh, they see this uh, intervention by Hezbollah and Iran as a, uh, a blatant sectarian meddling in the character of the Arab world. And, and I think that it's a, it's a very dangerous dynamic that's uh, unfolding here. Uh, there's a, a, a lot of uh, a worry, a lot of concern all throughout the region, um, some of it irrational, about this sort of Shia menace. And this is largely uh, thanks to what's happening in Syria. Borzu Daragahi of the Financial Times in Cairo.